This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to She Well Read. I'm Samra. I'm Alana. And this is Chapter 5. Our BFFs, Peoples, and Soulmates. Episode 6? Are we yes. on 6? Kim, yes. are we on 6? Yes. <laughs> Samra is like, yes, we are on 6. Listen to me. I can't believe you. Oh, you're right, because we're all, whatever chapter we're on, it's like, you add one to it, and that's what episode we're on. The formula. The fo- he counted in me. <laughs> you had to take it there, right? Right. Anywho. So chapter five is about all of the different terms, I guess, that mm. are a significant person. Friendships. Friendship in our life can, can be called. Yes. So it could be called a BFF. It could be your person. Or it could be your soulmate. And we're going to explore that. Let's do it. <laughs> Cringe. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Diving in. So one of the first points that I had was, I forget when I was reading this in the chapter, but like basically kind of picking piggybacking off of the last chapter of your friends that become family, but they also become aunties and uncles to all your future or present children. And it just reminded me of like all the, like quote unquote aunts that I have that like are not blood at all Mm -hmm. but like those like I grew up knowing like those were my aunts and then like constantly having to remind myself oh wait but we're not blood like that's that's my mom's best friend but like all at the same time it doesn't matter because they just had that great of a friendship and a relationship like Mm -hmm. coming up like that's what I grew up knowing and like any of their kids were automatically my friends which will be the exact same thing that happens with my kids they were automatically be your kids best friends so I feel like all those cousins that are actually not cousins (laughs) right um they're just as much a part of your family and like your family memories as someone that is blood relative so one of the first points that uh, Kayleen makes in chapter five is about the fact that little girls are encouraged to have best friends, um, but you reach a certain age and that friendship is no longer celebrated. Um, the friendship bracelets are expected to be switched out for engagement rings mm-hmm. and BFF um, gives way to boyfriend, which gives way to future husband. And these are just things that have kind of been ingrained into society and our culture. And Mm. I mean, I I guess it makes sense, you know, at a certain age, your priorities shift and things like that. But right. Like I wouldn't expect a seven year old to have a boyfriend. Like you might have like one of those play things where it's not real, but like in your world right then it's real, but it's not actually real. Right. 
Um, but like like always, this book is gonna have us look at these relationships in a different in a different light. Different lens, if you will. So let's go into that. <laughs> um, so yeah, kinda like you were talking about the prominence of a best friend can fall away and adult women are more likely to be asked if they have a boyfriend than a best friend. But what I kind of like, like in my own world, like I'm blessed to say that, yes, my family still asks me about, hey, any guys in your life or whatever, whatever. But that question is second. The first question they always ask me at functions is, hey, where's so-and-so who's usually here? Especially like, at family functions where you'd normally be at, they'd be like, oh, where's so-and-so? Like my friends first, like they ask about y'all before they ask about any ma'am. Which like I find so empowering because it's like these, they clearly see like, these are the people I'm bringing around more. Mm -hmm. These are the people that I have these deep connections with Mm -hmm. and relationships. And they're like, oh, like we care enough to like, now they're a part of our family too. Now we're used to seeing them. Now we're like watching, they like basically watched us grow from freshman year to now. And they genuinely like care about us and like, oh, like how's how's so-and-so going? How's the job hunting, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. before they ask me about a man. So I say for my own personal experiences, it's a lot better, but I can see how like most people it's like, oh, like where your man at? Yeah. What you doing? What you doing? What's up? How's that dating life? Right. Like, don't want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving, Grandma. I don't... <laughs> I just want came here to eat. I'm tired, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I feel like my family, especially because most of my family doesn't live near here, besides, obviously, my um, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Susie. Right. We, we're just shouting out Susie. We love Susie. <laughs> we do love Susie. <laughs> Susie is also Samrit's mom, for those who don't know. Right, right. These people don't know. Right. <laughs> Susie okay. equals my mom. Yes, love Susie. Um, okay. Well, so they don't know my friends that well. So they, I guess, are in the boat of people that would ask me, um, you know, are you dating anyone? And it's funny. It's usually my younger cousins that will ask me that question. Like, really? Yeah, like... Like, who's your boyfriend? You know what? I can relate because my younger sisters are the ones who ask me those questions. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, like anytime I bring up like a guy (laughs) friend, they're like, oh, are you guys like going to go on a date or something? And I'm like, no. Yeah. (laughs) They want to live through you, Anna. They really do. They're like, oh, but like he could be, he's like your friend and he like could be. And I'm like, yes, yes. That's how my family is. Like they'll DM me like, oh, that man you just posted was cute. Like (laughs) what's going on there? Like you should probably try to get into the, into something with that. Right. Like Like, even at my own like graduation party, they were like, oh, he's cute. Like why have we never heard of him? And I'm like, we're friends. so weird. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Oh, goodness. It's I a whole thing. I just would like to say this. Like, literally the minute I graduated, it was almost like I, I shifted and my family started, like, moving away from the, you know, school, school, school to, like... Man, man, man. Yeah. <laughs> they shifted and all of a sudden people are talking about, like, you're next in line. You're getting married. Which, like, like to an extent, Yes. That is true. Like, no matter when it happens, yes, we're next. I guess, but still, like, 
It is a lot, though. I thought it was weird that it's like I graduated into this. It's like I'm checking all the boxes for them. Right. And so my next box is get married. Mm -hmm. And immediately the shift, I could feel the shift even at my graduation party. Right. Like, why isn't the next shift? Oh, like... Career. Career, right. <laughs> Literally, like, I just graduated with a whole degree. Degree. Was this for nothing? Was this just so I could find a man and I failed at college because I didn't find a man? So now I have to go out into the real world and find one? It's some bullshit. Tell me why. I was reviewing my notes for this during my lunch break and I legitimately cried, like, rereading about it. Just because, because it took me to the point of where it was, okay, let's get backstory before we talk about me before we talk about me crying so yeah basically um julia passed away in a car accident and when julia's sister calls steffi to tell her like she just started sobbing immediately before she even knew what happened and she immediately booked her plane ticket back home and there is when she you know just you know started just remembering all of these memories of her and her best friend like samra said she doesn't have any memories before she was her best friend like all of her memories are with this person and even though they were they had a long distance friendship at one point they still it was like nothing had ever changed that was still her person and um and so i'm gonna read this one part that i think that i can't explain it very well but it's better if i just read it so this is on page 153 with those of you who are following along second chapter at the second chapter second paragraph at the top when Julia died, Steffi was bothered by some people not understanding how important Julia was to her, as if you weren't supposed to mourn best friends with the intensity you do family members. I have gotten the sense with different people that they didn't really get it, she says. When she asked for time off from work to help her deal with her grief, she didn't feel like the company was particularly supportive. She ended up leaving the company a few months later. It's easier for people to say, oh my gosh, you lost your mother, you lost your sister, she says. It's hard to communicate to people who don't know or understand, this was my best friend for my entire life. I think there is a need to justify why this is taking the toll it is on me, because I want to make sure people don't misunderstand. It doesn't matter if they do or not, but it feels invalidating when they don't. And I think that was a huge thing from this chapter, like people kind of prioritizing your friends for you almost mm -hmm. and telling you how you should feel about this person um even if they are still living like you can't tell me how i choose to handle my relationships and that's just not on that like if i say this person is important to me this person is important to me whether you think they should be or not mm -hmm. and now this okay i feel some backlash coming if this does not apply, if this is a bad person in your life or a negative, negative or toxic person or something like that, this is different. This is, this is my best friend. She's good for me. Like there's nothing wrong with our relationship. And you're saying that I shouldn't hold her in high regard just because she's a friend and not a significant other. Mm. Like basically downplaying the whole relationship. Like in this situation, like she knew her her entire life. Imagine how much they talked about Imagine how much they like just connected on a deeper level than you can with anybody else. Like mm. that just comes with time and knowing someone like you can't, you can't, I don't know. You can't put a, there's just I no one know, else that could fill that, that role, that void. Yeah. Right. And so, um, 
So they did this really cute thing that I thought was super awesome. They created their own acronym. Um, instead of just BFF, they were BFF with an exclamation F. They added an exclamation point for emphasis and another F for an extra forever. And that's, yeah, this is why I started to get really teary-eyed. You know, at first I didn't understand why you were mm. crying in the middle of the work day <laughs> over this book, but mm. reading nice that see. part, rereading that part, um, yeah, that's that hits you kind of hard. And here, it's going to hit you harder because they said, best friend doesn't convey the closeness and the necessity and the intensity of that bond. You know what makes me really sad? It's like, Almost as if that extra F sealed their fate because mm. it was like they're still best friends, like not even in the first forever because obviously like her first forever Whoa. was kind of, it kind of ended after she passed away. But even in this next life, they're wow. still best friends. Wow. So that's kind of freaky and sad. And great. Yeah. Like, imagine having someone you... I mean, I feel like that with you. <laughs> Here come the tears. No. <laughs> not today. I'm not going to do it. Not today. Period. <laughs> okay. Um. So then... Um, okay, okay, okay. The then memorial she, service. Oh, my gosh. The memorial got me because... Well, no, not even just a memorial, mm. but the part after that when... Um, her mom and so Jul so Steffi and Julia's mom went into Julia's bedroom after she passed away and they found a card that Steffi had sent her and it said thank you for being my best friend in the world for the past 22 years I can't wait to celebrate another 40 60 80 years of best friendship with you that's when I started bawling and her mom started crying and said I'm sorry you're not gonna have that and Steffi says, it's true that she won't have the relationship she expected to when she wrote that card, but she still feels Julia's presence every day. At night when she can't sleep, she has conversations with Julia in her head. I'll just tell Jules about my day, tell her something funny, Steffi says. I can hear her voice. I can hear her laugh. I can hear her say, oh my gosh, you're such a dork. Or, oh, that's so gnarly. I do still feel her. I feel like she's my little shoulder angel. I'm going to have lots of different relationships, but she'll always be my BFF exclamation F. Okay, let me stop before I start crying again. Wow. And, you know, to everyone who told her that this relationship was not worth taking off work or, you know, grieving in the way that Steffi was, who else is remembering Julia like this? You know, Ooh. you can't tell me that even her significant other is like doing her justice in this way. Well, like even at the top of 154, it says at her memorial service, Steffi spoke to all the people there and she told a story about five years before then when she and her husband were talking about her tie with Julia and Steffi said to him, look, you know, I really, really love you, but Julia is my soulmate. And he said, duh, I know. <laughs> the fact that he knows. Right. But like, I feel like that's so healthy. Yeah. Because just because you say someone's your soulmate, like it doesn't have to be a significant other. Hmm. Like that a soul is not reliant on a significant other type of relationship. Right. So you have like these soul ties with people and like, 
all that requires is you having a soul. It doesn't matter who you are. Agreed. So it just took it to a whole nother level. And like just her husband was so understanding of it. I was like, "Mm, my husband's going to have to be pretty understanding of how I have relationships with my friends, you know? Yeah. I mean, hopefully like that strengthens your relationship. Right. Right. Exactly. It is like he knows who to go to. Mm-hmm. Times of need. Mm-hmm. Ah, crap. I messed up again. Let me go see what I can do. Let me see what her friends think I should do. Always go to the friends. Always go to the friends. Shows you care. Because mm-hmm. um, then the friend's going to come back to the one who's mad and be like, you know, he came to me. Yeah. That, that <laughs> it's going to give you points. It's going to get... Kim, are you taking notes? <laughs> no, he's not listening. We'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> we'll teach him the way. We'll teach him. Okay. So then it talks, it segues into talking about your person mm-hmm. even deeper. And it talks about Oprah and Gail's friendship. And then it goes to Grey's Anatomy for all the Grey's Anatomy people of Meredith Grey and um, Christina O. Is it her name? Um, I'm, I'm not a Grey's I'm, Anatomy person, but I'm I think not, that's her name. But I would, I would say yes. That sounds right. I think that I'm saying Christina. Right. Okay. So yeah, it's Christina. I was right. I've like sort of kind of watched it, but not for real, for real. But like enough to know this because I remember there was a huge wave when their friendship came out when Grey's Anatomy premiered and when they started saying my person. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I remember like being like, wow, that's so great to see like friendships being displayed like that on TV and in TV shows and just wherever. I was like, wow, that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, Anywho. And so, so something that I got sappy about on page 161 was it says um, the jeweler at Zales even used the idea to sell an engagement ring with two diamonds, one diamond for your best friend, one diamond for your true love for the one woman who's both. Oh, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I would I would cry. Because it's like you would cry at the sales ad. I would cry at the sales ad. So mm-hmm. I want to share my sad moment with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of segues into a topic that I know Samer wanted to talk about 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 <laughs> your significant other playing different roles. Yes. Okay, okay. So it really just depends on how you view your relationship, and I don't think there's a wrong or right way to view it, but mm-hmm. it. This part in the chapter, starting on page, I guess it starts on 161, but it leads into 162. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, it's talking about this American ideal that your spouse is supposed to be your best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's this quote that says, frankly, many people in the United States treat their partners in ways that they would never treat their best friends and allow themselves to say and do things that no best friend would ever accept. Um, And I thought that was an interesting point of view, I guess, because, um, you know, I've always thought that partner and best friend go hand in hand, like the person you want to spend your life with should also be someone you consider your best friend. Mm -hmm. But it starts to talk about how it's sometimes in everyone's best interest if your partner isn't your best friend. Mm -hmm. And not that I think that, you know, this version is better than, you know, another, but it is putting a lot of pressure on that partner 
to be all things to you right like it's it's great if that is how your relationship functions in a healthy way Mm -hmm. but I do think it's important to have multiple outlets for different things and different people play a different role in your life so yes your significant other maybe someone you go to about a lot of things but it doesn't have to be someone you go to about everything right Mm -hmm. and they shouldn't be well I mean I guess it depends on how you set your relationship up but um it shouldn't like they shouldn't be required to be your best friend going into it right and i think also that leads into respecting your significant uh, your significant other's person like if that person oh. isn't you oh. that they go to for certain things like respecting that person that they do go to because they play a huge role in not only their life but yours too So yes, you can be their person on some things, but sometimes there are other relationships that have been around way longer Mm -hmm. than when you came around that sometimes can take precedence. I agree. And And it can make them a better partner. I think so too. It's always good to have someone else's perspective. Mm -hmm. That can only add value to a relationship. Right. I, I put that in my notes too, like respecting their space and understand understanding the value that these other people are giving to their lives and you know for example like with my best friends I go get my nails done and I'm not always gonna want to go get my nails done with my man because sometimes when I'm getting my nails done that's when I'm talking about my man (laughs) you know what I mean like those two things don't go hand in hand like yes when I get a man will I want him to go get a pedicure with me absolutely but if he chooses not to, guess who I'm going to call? Who I would have called in the first place. Those friends who've been there true and true, time and time again. Right. And then I'm going to complain about how he didn't want to come get a pedicure with me. As you should. As I should. Yes. So it, there's a quote that says, when we perpetuate this idea that you should marry your best friend, we're saying that you should only have one relationship in your life. And that ends up eroding any support network you have outside the marriage, which I thought was mm. kind of deep because it is deep. it's taking it a step further than like ditching your friends when you find a boyfriend. But if you had been ditched your friends and you kind of lost contact with everyone else besides this person that you spend every day with, who do you go to when you're not feeling this person exactly who's your outlet what's your outlet exactly and so i can i can see how that's like a recipe for disaster Mm -hmm. and then like at the end of the day we all just want the best for the people that we care about whether you are that significant other or you're that person who is your significant other's person like you should rally for that person you shouldn't be diminishing their value in their relationship or just trying to get in the way of that because I, I mean I just think that's wrong from the get-go like who are you you know what I mean <laughs> I'm their significant other who eh. are you mm, let's debate <laughs> <I'm the person>. <laughs> <laughs> but not today that's for another episode bonus content bonus content oh kind of what happens after that on 164 Mm. Um, they talk about the birth of this com- this brand called Wild Friends, these two friends who started this business together. And when I was reading their story, it literally reminded me of how She Well Red was born. And I don't really know if we really talked about the birth of She Well Red, like how She Well Red truly came about. We did. We did? We did in the intro episode. Hmm. Well, if you're just joining recap. us in recap and you haven't listened to the intro episode... 
recap. <laughs> so basically, Samra had this idea to start a book club because we had all kind of been talking about, you know, we used to read for fun and we want to start reading again. And Samra was like, okay, bet, let's let's have a book club. Why not? Mm-hmm. And Samra came to sleep over. We had a, a girl's night and she slept over at my house. And we were just talking about the book club and the Facebook group and da-da-da-da. And I had just recently gotten into podcasting and podcasts in general. Mm. And I was like, Tamara, what if we made this book club like a podcast, like a traveling book club to where, you know, you don't have to meet to talk about the book and you don't have to be a certain place in the book. And you honestly really don't even have to have read the book, but you can just listen to people talk about the book, interact if you want to, interact if you don't, or don't interact if you don't want to mm-hmm. um and really that's how she will run came to be we came wow. both of us had two separate ideas that just went together really well and mm-hmm. here we are we are excited because we're talking about female co-founding business friendships yeah whole mouthful it wasn't probably did mouthful. it make sense no it's fine it made sense to me. I also thought the skim best friends mm-hmm. were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, if y'all don't know what the skim is, it's a... Because I did not. I, I, I kind of did, but to those of you who were more like Alana, um, the skim is a daily email that kind of sums up um, world events and kind of catches you up. Um, all in a short little email that gets delivered to you every morning so that you can be up to date um, when people bring up the daily news. And um, it's all in a form that women can understand um, and things that women are interested in. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for another great news podcast you Tamara's like I already know what you're about to say um I highly suggest the newsworthy podcast by Erica Mandy it literally I start my day with that podcast just because it talks about literally like the slogan all the day's news in 10 minutes or less fast fair and fun and it kind of she's coming for your job Mandy <laughs> I'm not I'm really not oh my gosh um but basically like it gives you everything you need to know about the news that day in 10 minutes or less and for me that's super helpful because I listen to it on my way to work and Mm -hmm. I just stopped watching the news just because it was always sad and depressing and I never really wanted to watch the news so this is a way where like you know you still get that sad news but it's in like a almost more upbeat way and it's kind of like yeah this sad thing happened but here's everything else that happened today that might not be as sad or like just really informative and like keeps you in the know like honestly like with um, the election coming up, it reminds me of when debates are going to happen. So I know when to watch and when to tune in. And mm. with the coronavirus, it keeps me updated on all the cases and all that good stuff. Like, it's just a it's a really good um, news outlet that I choose to listen to. So give it a listen. The Newsworthy Podcast by Erica Mandy. We actually had the opportunity to meet Erica. Oh my gosh, it was so great. She spoke at a panel at a conference we went to called She Podcasts Live. Mm, and great, she, great festival. Great conference. Um, she was super nice, super easy to talk to, and she just really loved what she did. She's such a hard worker. She is. That's what I could tell from her. Um, I guess it was like a session where mm-hmm. she spoke about how she created the podcast and 
kind of what her background was. And how she monetized. Yes. And we thought not only was it super interesting, but um, her podcast, like Alana said, is everything she says it is and more. Right. Because I remember after that session, because neither of us had ever listened to the podcast on the way home. We were like, there's no way all the news is in this one episode in 10 minutes or less. And we literally listened and looked at each other like, oh, my gosh. How does she does this? How does she do this? She is amazing. And she does it every day. Every weekday. Every weekday, right? Every weekday before 4 a.m. Mm. That's commitment. You're not going to be Erica Mandy. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure not going to be. You're right. I'm Couldn't be us. Could not be us. Anywho. But yeah, so these women <laughs> founded companies. Um, I think... Well, I mean, I don't know if anyone, everyone would agree with me, but I think going into business with your best friend is an awesome idea. I, I too, think it is an awesome idea. Obviously, Obviously, since we started this together. But also, you have to work together to make a friendship work, and it won't always be easy. It's not always going to be sunshine and roses. Lord only knows how many times Samra and I have butt heads on what to do with this podcast. And I, I really think it just became from a source of stress and anxiety. Like both of us, both of us wanted to exceed at the end. Six, I can't talk. Both of us wanted to succeed at the end of the day. It was just, we had different viewpoints of how to get there. And it wasn't until we came together and said, okay, this is how you want to do this. This is how I want to do this. Now, how are we going to do this? Yeah. And so we've kind of found our common ground and know our roles, which I think is very helpful. And we always check in with each other, um, especially on like posting or anything like that. We're like, hey, like I'm about to do this. What do you think? And right. what's your input? And, right. you know, just checking in with each other. Um, I think that avoids a lot of conflict. I would say it's even strengthened our actual friendship. I would agree. Being business partners. So, okay, this is kind of, okay, she wrote this in the book, but this is also very much how I feel about Samra. Uh, um, really she's quick. really trying to make me cry today. <laughs> I'm not. I swear I'm not. But it is the last paragraph on page 166 leading up to 167. Um, it says, I'll be like, I haven't seen Jessica in forever, Heather says. I need to see her face. She's my work wife. She's my life partner. She was my mate before I chose a romantic mate. I love hanging out with this person. Same to you. Thanks. <laughs> Period. <laughs> no, but honestly, um, well, first, I guess we should say Jessica and Heather, who are they? Right, right, right. Go back, go back. They founded a celebrity fashion criticism website. So they are two best friend business partners. Yes. Um, and I, I see what you mean, Lana, because like we could talk about She Will Red stuff all day. Literally all day. We've done it before. Go home and then feel like we didn't catch up at all. Right. So. Which is why I'm usually here recording and then stay two hours later because it's like, all right, how are you? <laughs> right. I know we just talked for hours together. But recording. I still don't <laughs> exactly know how you're feeling. Right. Exactly. Right. So. Just a nice check-in. And if you haven't today, go check in on your best friends. See how they are. This is our PSA to you to go check. Check on them. Check, check, check. All right. Shifting. Broad City. That I still haven't watched. Okay. Well, <laughs> while all of you send an email to shewellreadqa at gmail.com, 
yelling at Lana for not watching Broad City yet. Please don't. Asking her what she's been doing with her life. Okay, listen. Far. This podcast. <laughs> this is what I've been doing with my life. Well, hopefully you, our listeners, not Alana, have watched Broad City. But if you haven't, you should. It really is one of the reasons I wanted to start this uh, podcast or book club back when it was still a book club idea. Right. I swear I'm going to watch it. You'll love it. Like, it's a great... I don't doubt you. I just... I <laughs> have time. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> you have time for what you make time for. Oop. Period. You're right. I haven't made time for this yet, but it's on the list. Period. I'm a week. Literally, it says it doesn't have a high concept plot, <laughs> which is true. Um, so it says they go to menial jobs, have tenuous romantic relationships, and smoke a lot of pot. But all of that whirls around what's really important in their lives, each other. So it's one of these very few shows on television that really, truly focuses on female friendship, and that's it. They sideline any man that comes into the picture to make sure we are aware that it's not about this person. Mm -hmm. And Abby and Alana are definitely each other's people. So just another just example. Of sidebar: Those are the characters in the. Um, show. That's well, our not listeners me know that because they watch the show. Shame me, shame me. <laughs> no, but really though, it's not a high concept plot. <laughs> <laughs> you can start anywhere. <laughs> I'm so weak. So I put one of my bullet points is women instinctively know how to take care of each other, and I'm trying to figure out where that came. Oh, because okay, so there's these two friends, Jessica and Lennon. And they are, they write um, and produce different shows that are, um, some of these you might have heard of. Uh, what's one of them? Playing House. And another one was um, Best Friends Forever. That was another one of those shows that they did. So anywho, so they're doing all these things, rocking lady bosses. And then Jessica... Um, is diagnosed with cancer. This was a really sad chapter, honestly. Um, but in light of all of the sadness, um, one of the funny points was, so she had breast cancer and they were trying to pick out like breast implants for her. And the surgeon showed them some options and obviously her best friend, Lennon, were with her with her husband. And the surgeon asked, which one feels most like your real breast? And Jessica wasn't sure. And she asked her husband and husband and Lennon for help. Her husband poked Jessica's boob from the side and said, I don't know. And then Lennon stepped in, grabbed Je Jessica's breast, then felt each implant carefully and said, it's number two. And um, today, Jessica is healthy and they reenacted. So all of their shows were based on their real life experiences, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of played on that. And sometimes your friends know you and just women in general know how to take care of each other. Like, especially I can think of so many party nights where I was like, thank God my friends were around. But there were definitely party nights where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad my friends are here. There's this creepy guy or there's this dude who just won't leave me alone. Like they knew what to do. Like they just sprung into action. And I was like, yes, this is why one of the many reasons why I need you here. Um, 
But then also, it's okay when you get upset or aggravated with your friends. It happens. Let me tell you how it happens. Oh. Um, So we talk about our best friend, Kenzie, on here a lot. And Kenzie is a style and makeup and hair guru. And there are many occasions where I ask Kenzie to braid my hair or do my makeup on many occasions. And I know. definitely all do that. (laughs) All of us. Um, but, and I know she definitely gets tired of it sometimes. One time she even told me it cost a penny per request because she was like, this is like the third time this week you've asked me to do this. I'm so done. It was also a joke though. I didn't pay her a penny. <laughs> <laughs> I bought her food though. Cheap? I'm so weak. Hey, buying food is not cheap. Period. But does she still do it? Yes, because she still loves her hair and sometimes makeup challenge best friend. And doesn't want me walking out of the house looking crazy. That is Kenzie for you. It is very much Kenzie. She might groan the whole way through, but she's also like, I'm not about to let you walk out of the house looking like this either. <laughs> Good looking out, Kenzie. <laughs> right. Good looking out. Um, so, yeah. And then kind of the last one that I had was they talked about Insecure, which is another show that's on my list. People, we have to bombard Alana. Wait, you watch Insecure? Yes! I'm the one who told you and Kenzie as soon as I watched it to watch Insecure because I was, I don't know if it was you and Kenzie and Kristen, but I was like, they would enjoy this. Mm, you were right because I'm pretty sure I watched the first episode and was like, oh my gosh, I love this. But you know what the thing is? I didn't have HBO. Yes, I remember that was the problem. But now I do have HBO with my cable. Oh, gang. Yeah, so now I have no excuse not to go binge it because all of the seasons and their episodes are out there. So maybe I'll do that this weekend or something. You'd love it. No promises. But anywho, something that I get, did take away from what they talked about in the book is how friends that friends that will have your back even when you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there is a discussion behind that because yes, I will like if you are plain dead wrong in public, I will defend you. But behind closed doors, I will still chew you out because you were still wrong. That's and true. that's what a real friend does. That's true. She's done it to me before. <laughs> but I always appreciate that she backed me up in public. And that's something that some people don't get. Right. It's like, no, you got to be there for me, sis. Like, we're in this together. Right. You still need that support, even if they're wrong. We're going home together, so you better be on my side. You know? Right. Like, like, we can talk about this later, but... And we will. And we will. We will talk about it. <laughs> Sarah always hates the we will talk about it part. I like to skip that part. <laughs> I, I bet everyone likes to skip that part. No, but ra- seriously, like, um, it's always needed and I always learn a lot from those moments. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're the reason I'm still here today. <laughs> so weak. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, it's okay. Super important. Yeah. Um, What I like about um, Insecure is the fact that it's two black women that are best friends. And Mm -hmm. Molly is this super high profile lawyer in L.A. And she's like really, she's really doing her thing career wise. Yeah, it shows her going um, through her whole, you know, struggle with where she works and trying to find a good fit for her. Um, in the sense of like moving up in her career. Um, 
and then Issa's figuring out her career as well. And even though they're in such different fields, um, like Issa is trying to do more like social work, I would say, giving back to the community, um, working with kids, working with um, inclusion and diversity is kind of what Issa does. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, they can, even if their experiences are very different, like they just have this like really real female relationship where um, they'll go back and apologize to each other when they've gone too far, um, not supported each other in some way, and just like showed a really mature adult friendship. And I thought that was cool because um, you don't you don't see a lot of that. Right. I can't think of any you really don't like a really healthy adult relationship like like I was saying like it's not all sunshine and roses when it comes to these relationships it sometimes there are times where I want to wring your neck mm-hmm. but are we b- gonna be cool tomorrow yes yes <laughs> right and that's what that's what this show is really good about yeah. demonstrating you know like mm-hmm. life is hard and there's gonna be a lot of like drama sometimes but who is your day one that's going to stick with you and talk you through each, you know, situation, no matter how messed up it may be. Right. And can, you know, you have a good time with them as well. Mm-hmm. Cause it goes both ways. We love to have a good time. Yeah. Balance. 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 All right. Well, that's all I had to talk about for this chapter. Um, right. Right. I guess to close it out, um, there's a quote on the last page of this chapter. 176. Mm-hmm. And it says, We have such similar circumstances that I do feel not necessarily what's right for you is right for me, but I never feel like your perspective is one where I'm just like, you don't know my life. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, a quote that kind of describes these friendships and even like, um, and insecure Issa and Molly's relationship. Um, like they don't have similar lives. Like I said, uh, Molly's a lawyer and Issa works kind of hands-on with the community. So their like life experience on a day-to-day basis is very different. Uh, but these people, like your best friend knows you, they know your background and your history. And so when they're giving you advice, it feels relevant and it feels like catered to you instead of someone where they're going to give you like, you know, really basic advice that may not apply to where you're actually at. Um, Right. So, yeah, chapter five was a good one. It was a good chapter. Took us on a journey for sure. Mm -hmm. Just like this whole book. For sure, and I'm sure there will be many more journeys ahead. We love to see it. And hear it. The next one will be in Chapter 6. Yes, we'll be back next week on the next Well-Read Wednesday to talk about Chapter 6, Strength in Numbers. Stay tuned. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube to stay in the loop of all things She Well Read. 
And remember, if you have anything to add, comment, suggest, feedback, send it all to shewellreadqa at gmail.com. And for any business inquiries, send us an email to shewellread at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, download, and leave a review for today's episode. And subscribe to us on any platform you listen to podcasts. We love you. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.